Bismillah Alhamdulillah Wassalatu wassalam ala rasulillah Nabiina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Wa man tamasaka bisunnatihi ila yawmiddin Thumma amma ba'd Alhamdulillah Hamdan kathiran tayyiban mubarakan fih We continue going over this tremendous book that was authored by the Imam, the Mujaddid Muhammad bin Abdul Wahhab, Rahimahullahu Ta'ala. And that is that tremendous book, Al-Kawaid Al-Arba', The Four Fundamental Principles. And we're reading from the explanation of the Fadilat al-Shaykh Al-Allama, Shaykh Salih Al-Fawzan, Hafidhullahu Ta'ala. We have reached the portion where the Imam, the Mujaddid, Muhammad bin Abdul Wahhab, Rahimahullahu Ta'ala, he said, فَإِذَا عَرَفْتَ أَنَّ الشِّرْكَ إِذَا خَالَبْتَ الْعِبَادَةَ أَفْسَدَهَا وَأَحْبَطَ الْعَمَلْ وَصَارَ صَاحِبُهُ مِنَ الْخَالِدِينَ فِي النَّارِ عَرَفْتَ أَنَّ أَهَمَّ مَا عَلَيْكَ مَعْنِفَةُ ذَلِكَ لَعَلَّ اللَّهَ أَنْ يُخَلِّصَكَ من هذه الشبكة وهي الشرك بالله الذي قال الله تعالى فيه إن الله لا يغفر أن يشرك به ويغفر ما دون ذلك لمن يشاء وذلك بمعرفة أربع قواعد ذكرها الله تعالى في كتابه الإمام رحمه الله تعالى he says that and once you have come to know that verily shirk, if it mixes with ibadah, then it will corrupt it, and it will render it null and void, and it will render the actions null and void, and that it will make its companion from those who abide in the hellfire forever. Then you would have known that the most important thing upon you is to know about this, so that Allah Ta'ala, He will save you from this net. And that is a shirk on which Allah Ta'ala, He says about it, what translated means, and indeed Allah does not forgive that partners be associated with Him, but He forgives other than that to whom He pleases. And that is by knowing, meaning the way in which an individual, inshaAllah Ta'ala, He would escape this net of shirk, and this will be by knowing four principles that Allah Ta'ala, He has mentioned them inside of His book. Sheikh Salih Al-Fawzan, Hafizahullah Ta'ala, He says, إِذَا عَرَفْتَ أَنَّ الشِّرْكِ إِذَا خَالَطَ الْعِبَادَ أَفْسَدَهَا وَأَحْبَطَ الْعَمَلِ He says, commenting on the statement of the Imam, and when you have known that the shirk when it mixes with the actions, when it mixes with the ibadah, then it corrupts it and it renders the action null and void. And its companion he will be from those who will be in the hellfire forever. Eh? He said, this means that, and now and since you have come to know that what Tawheed is, 
then in which tawheed it is to single out Allah alone with ibadah, then it is wajib, it is mandatory that you also know what is a shirk. It is mandatory that you also you know what is a shirk. He said because the one who doesn't know about something, he will subsequently fall into it. As the poet he said, عَرَفْتُ الشَّرْ لَا لِلشَّرْ لَكَنْ لَتَوْقِيهِ لِأَنَّ مَا لَا يَعْنِفُ الْخَيْرِ مِنَ الشَّرْ يَقْعَ فِيهِ As the poet he said, he said that, I have learned about evil, not for the sake of learning about evil, but so as to protect myself and to avoid it. He said, because the one who does not know the difference between good and evil, then he will fall into evil. Naam. If an individual doesn't know what is a shirk, then he will fall into shirk. Naam. And in order to avoid what is shirk, then a person, he has to know what is shirk. It's like if you told a man to walk through a field, but inside of that field there were holes and there were ditches and so on and so forth. But this individual, for whatever reason, he had no idea, no clue what was a hole, what was a ditch. Then he will fall into the hole in the ditch because he doesn't know what it is. Or a better example is like if you were sent uh, a young one from your family to the marketplace and you were to say to them, I want you to buy me a citrus fruit and this fruit is called a tangerine. But I do not want any oranges. Don't bring back any oranges, just tangerines. If they don't know what a tangerine looks like, right? If they don't know what is a tangerine, then it is quite probable that they will bring back tangerines and oranges, right? Or if they don't know what an orange is, then they will bring back the tangerine and the orange. Why? Because they don't not aid, they don't have the ability to distinguish between this and that. So you find that you will have inside of your kitchen a collection of tangerines and oranges because he don't know what an orange is so he doesn't know what to avoid hal, it is a must that if we are to stay away from shirk then we have to know what is a shirk if we are to stay away from the shirk then we have to know what is a shirk and this is why you find the ulama those who are still with us those who have passed away they have a great concern with teaching the Muslims what is it Tawheed so that they may implement it and a great concern of teaching for teaching the Muslims what is Shirk so that they may stay away from it. The Shaykh says, فَلَا بُدَّ أَنَّكَ تَعْرِفُ أَنْوَاعِ الشِّرْكِ مَا أَجْلِ أَنْ تَجْتَنِبَهَا He says so that it is a must it is mandatory that you have to know what is Shirk and you have to know what are the categories and different types of shirk so that you will be able to stay away from it لأن الله سبحانه وتعالى حذر من الشرك because Allah Ta'ala He warns from shirk Allah Ta'ala He warns us from a shirk Allah Ta'ala He says إن الله لا يغفر أن يشرك به ويغفر ما دون ذلك لمن يشاء and this ayah it can be found in Surah and Nisa. It can be found in Surah and Nisa. Inshallah, I want someone to write down the number of the ayah. The number of the ayah. The Shaykh he says, Allah Ta'ala, He warns us from the shirk. As Allah says, what means? And verily, Allah does not forgive that partners be associated with Him. But he forgives other than that to whom he pleases. 
He forgives other than that to whom He pleases. Mean other sins, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He forgives whom He pleases. As far as shirk, Allah ta'ala, He does not forgive the shirk. But as far as the shirk, Allah jalla wa ala, He does not forgive the shirk. Naam. And I'm looking at the text box, I notice no one has written the answer. Right? For which ayah it is. The ayah, it can be found in Surah An-Nisa. Ayyuwa, naam. There we go. Oh, hadihi. It's, it's ayah 48. It can be found in ayah 48. Ay, naam. Allah Ta'ala, He informs us in the Qur'an that He does not forgive the one who makes shirk. Allah Ta'ala does not forgive him. The one who meets Allah Ta'ala and He has with him shirk, Allah Ta'ala tells us He does not forgive this individual. So I want you to write down, inshaAllah Ta'ala, inside of your notebooks, from the dangers of shirk, from the dangers of shirk. And it's important to realize and to know that Whenever you hear the likes of this expression, and it says from, and it's used the word from, right? Then we understand that these are just some of the dangers of shirk, and these are not all of the dangers of shirk, right? It's like when you hear from the benefits of such and such. This is an indication that these are some of the benefits, but these are not all of the benefits, right? So, likewise here, we say from the dangers of shirk, because we're going to mention a couple of the dangers of shirk, but not all of the dangers of shirk. But we're going to mention a couple of the dangers of shirk. Naam. The first one is as mentioned inside of this ayah. Shaykh Fawzan, Ta'ala, he says that this shirk, naam, yahrimu min al That this shirk, it will prevent a person being forgiven. That shirk, it will prevent a person being forgiven right and the proof of that is what what's the proof of that that shirk it prevents a person from being forgiven what's the proof what's the chapter and the verse that contains the proof for it which one is it naam ahsant it's surah an-nisa verse 48 the ayah which we just went over إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَغْفِرُ وَإِنْ يُشْرَكَ بِهِ وَيَغْفِرُ مَا دُونَ ذَلِكَ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ Really Allah does not forgive that shirk be made with him, that partners be associated with him, but he forgives other than that to whom he pleases. Um, inshallah, I want everyone to memorize this ayah for homework. Inshallah, I want everyone to memorize this ayah for homework. Right? Uh, and to understand the reality of it. And it will be easy for those who are keeping up in their memorization of the text because they should have memorized it in this portion in which we have mentioned. Alakullan, one of the dangers from shirk is that an individual he will not be forgiven. Now I want everyone to, to think to themselves, right? Do we need to be forgiven? Are we in need of being forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Ma'am. And of course the answer to that is yes, we all need to be forgiven because we all make mistakes, we all make sins, we all do things that we shouldn't do, we all say things we shouldn't do, 
right, and so on and so forth. So we, we need to be forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So something that would bar you from being forgiven by Allah ta'ala, is that something that is uh, serious or is that something that is light and significant, right? When a person reflects upon this, he realizes that that's something that is serious. And if this was the only thing alone, that was the yani, this was the only danger that shirk had, then this would be enough. If this was the only danger for shirk, then this right here, it would be enough. And I think that we all agree to that, right? Because anything that will bar us from being forgiven is something that we have to stay far away from. So definitely we want to know, what is that thing? So I can stay away from it because I need to be forgiven. I need to be forgiven. Naam. Sheikh Fawzan, Ta'ala, he says, shirk This is the shirk in which, yani from his dangers or his danger, right? هو أنه يحرم من الجنة. He said, and from his dangers, he said, is that the shirk? It will prevent a person and make haram for a person al-jannah. Shirk it makes jannah haram for a person. In the akhirah, we will have two options. Or there are two options for a final abode. There is no third, only two. In the akhirah, the final abode, it will either be the jannah or it will be where? What are our options for the akhirah? It will be the jannah or where? That's not rhetorical. Jahannam. Naam. Either the Jannah or Jahannam. If we are prevented from the Jannah, then our only option will be where? Jahannam. We ask Allah Ta'ala to save us from the fire. Once an individual, he understands that the shirk, it is that which will make Jannah haram for him. Then they will know with the certainty that verily, most definitely, undoubtedly, they have to know what is shirk so that they stay away from it. They have to know what is shirk so that they will stay away from it. What is the proof that if the one makes shirk, Jannah is haram for him? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says in Surah Al-Ma'idah, Surah Al-Ma'idah, and it's verse 72. And I want everyone to memorize this ayah. Or the portion of the ayah. Memorize the ayah in, as a whole. But for those who can memorize the whole ayah. For whatever reason. Then I want you to memorize the shahid from the ayah. I want you to memorize the point of reference from the ayah. And that is Allah Ta'ala's statement. إِنَّهُ مَا يُشْرِكْ بِاللَّهِ فقد حرم الله عليه الجنة. Allah Taala He says what means, and verily, the one who makes shirk, the one who associates partners with Allah in worship, then verily, Allah has made prohibited, Allah has made haram for that person, al-jannah. 
Al-Jannah. Allah has made haram for that person. Al-Jannah. So for the one who makes shirk, Jannah will be haram for him. Haram for him. He can't go to Jannah. Why? Because it's haram for him. So therefore his abode will be the fire. And he shall abide therein forever. As the Imam, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, he mentioned and he alluded to, and this is when he said, وَصَارَ صَاحِبُهُ مِنَ الْخَالِدِينَ فِي النَّارِ And that its companion will be from those who abide in the fire forever. And its companions will be from those who abide in the fire forever. The Shaykh, he says, إِذَن Therefore, هَذَا خَطْرٌ عَظِيمٌ this is a great and tremendous danger. Mind you, the Shaykh mentioned two of the dangers only, and there are more dangers. But the Shaykh mentioned two of the dangers. One is that a person he won't be forgiven. The other is that a person, the Jannah will be haram for him. One of these alone by themselves is enough. Is enough to terrify us to our very core. One of these things is enough to make us want to stay away from the shirk and to know what is the shirk so that we may stay away from it. One of these things is enough to warn us from the shirk. But they are both present and there are more. So no doubt, we have to know what is shirk so that we can stay away from it. And we have to educate and teach our children the likes of this as well. And we must never lose sight on what's important. We must never lose sight on our priorities. Because many of people you find that their priorities are off. And although they say with their tongues one thing, you find their actions doing something else. And this is in particular when people you find they lose sight when it comes to the education or secular education of the children or interdisciplinary education and studies of the children when it comes to these affairs you find people they put a great importance on learning how to read and write and arithmetic and uh, so on and so forth right they put a great importance on this the child has to know this and uh, the, the males from them they have to be read and prepared for careers and the females from amongst them they they have to be given the tools needed so that they may seek out their educational and knowledge pursuits and so on and so forth and 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 to the end of that and they lose sight they lose sight right and what are we saying they lose sight they lose sight because you find that you will find a, a lad or a young girl and they will know how to read uh, these books above their grade level and they'll be so good inside of math and science and all of these things and so on and so forth. But yet if you were to ask them what are the categories of shirk, they don't know. What are the categories of tawheed? They don't know. Or they might be rusty, hesitating, so on and so forth. Right? These things that are important you find, they don't know. But they can read above their grade level. They can do all, solve all these complex equations, but they don't know. The early man, they explain, you find individuals who have all types of diplomas and degrees hanging inside of their offices, all types of PhDs and this and that, and 
miners and this and all this type of stuff hanging up in their offices and adorning their walls with these things but at the same time these will be individuals who are from the most ignorant of people about the basics of the religion the most ignorant of the people about the basis of the religion so when one sees this reality and he knows that our time is plagued with the like of these things then they will realize that somewhere along the line the ball was dropped the priorities became confused things became out of place and thus we find such a despicable situation so this is a reminder for ourselves to keep our priorities where they should be at and that is that the Dean takes precedence to all of these other pursuits having knowledge about that which we have to have knowledge about from the affairs of it Tawheed so that we may implement them from what is shirk so that we may stay away from it and so on and so forth this is of tremendous importance this is tremendous importance you understand and it's so important I want you to reflect back now right because a person he may say well, we have so many societal problems, so many things going on, right? That we, we need this and we need that so as to bring victory to the Ummah, so as to rectify the social ills uh, and the vices of the society and so on and so forth. But I want you to reflect on the situation of the people of Mecca, the Mushrikun of Mecca, before the sinning of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I want you to reflect on their situation. Reflect on the evils that existed in that society. Reflect on the vices and, and, and that, that uh, yeah, they existed in that society. Look at those things that needed to be reformed and rectified inside of that society. I want you to contemplate and look at that now. Think about that. And then I want you to open your ears. I want you to open your ears. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed to the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam commanding him to go out and to teach to call the people right allah ta'ala he says and it's a very easy question so i want for you to write what's the name of the surah right i want for you to write what's the name of the surah allah ta'ala he says Ya ayyuhal mudathir Qum fa'anthir Wa rabbaka fa'kabbir Wa thiyabaka fa'tahhir Allah Ta'ala He says what means O you Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Who was wrapped up in garments O you who was wrapped up in garments, meaning Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah Ta'ala is commanding the Prophet sallallahu that he has to get up now and he has to start to call the people to rectify them. Right? And I want you to listen to what is the first command that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he commanded the Prophet sallallahu with in his da'wah. Allah Ta'ala, he says, he said, get up 
and warn them. Get up and warn them. Warn them from what? Warn them from making tawaf around the Kaaba naked? Warn them from what? From killing people? Warn them from what? From drinking alcohol? Warn them from what? From shirk. You understand how important it is now? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded the Prophet sallam, stand up and warn them from shirk. And then Allah ta'ala, he says, وَرَبَّكَ فَكَبِّرْ And your Lord glorify him. Glorify him with what? Glorify him with what? Glorify him with a tawheed. Glorify him with a tawheed. وَثِيَابَكَ فَطَهِرْ And purify your garments. And purify your garments. And after Allah Ta'ala, He says, وَالرُّجَزَ فَهْجُرْ And stay away from the idols. Stay away from the idols. عَلَى كُلِّ حَالِ The point here is that the Prophet Sallallahu He was commanded first and foremost to what? To warn the people from shirk and to call them to tawheed. Because that's what that's what's going to rectify a society. Because the rectification of societies, it begins with the individual. And then that will transcend to the family and that will it will go beyond that to the neighborhood and beyond that to the district and beyond that to the state and beyond that to the country and beyond that to the whole world you understand but it begins with the individual so that which will rectify the individuals is what first and foremost a tawheed knowing what is a tawheed so that you may implement it and knowing what is shirk so that you can stay away from it so what do we want for ourselves? What do we want for our children? What do we want for them? Do we want for them to be upon khair? Do we want for them to be upon good? Is that what we want for them? If that is the case, then we have to make sure that we're educating them and teaching them what is it tawheed so they may implement it. And then we educate and we teach them what is shirk so that, can stay, so that they may stay away from it. Naam, so that they may stay away from it. And for all who answered the question, Ahsantun, you have done an excellent job. Naam. I was from Surah Mudathir. The Shaykh Yuzani says, Even, هذا خطر عظيم. This is a great and tremendous danger. يجب عليك أن تعرفه قبل أي خطر. استمعوا. Look what the Shaykh is saying. Look at what the Shaykh is saying. He said, This is a tremendous and a great danger. If 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 you have the, the translation of the book, Yani, then please, or you have the Arabic text with you, I want you to, to highlight this particular section. Highlight this, right? If you if you have your notebook in front of you, write the sentence down and put an asterisk next to it, highlight, underline, uh, and the like. I want you to listen. Shaykh, he says, this is a tremendous danger. He says, so therefore, it is incumbent upon you that you know about this danger. It is incumbent upon you, you know about this danger. Right? The Shaykh, he says, before any other danger. Before any other danger. It is incumbent upon you that you know this danger before any other danger. Any other thing that may hurt you in your life. Right? takes a back seat to knowing about shirk because shirk it will hurt you 
Like no other danger will hurt you. Because shirk. It prevents a person from being forgiven. And shirk. It makes Jannah haram for a person. So there's no danger. There's nothing that can hurt you. Like how the shirk can hurt you. So the shaykh he says we have to know about that. Before any other danger. لِأَنَّ الشِّرْكْ ضَلَّتْ فِيهِ الْأَفْهَامِ وَالْعُقُولِ Because shirk, the understandings and the intellects, they have been lost inside of it. They have been lost. لِنَعْنِفَ مَا هُوَ الشِّرْكِ مِنَ الْكِتَابِ وَالسُنَّةِ The shaykh, he says, in order to know what is shirk, then we have to know it from where? From, from the book and from the sunnah. To know what is the shirk, then we have to know it. From the book and the sunnah. Allah ma hadhara. And I want you to pay close attention to this point. The shaykh says, Allah ma hadhara min shay illa wa yubayyinuh. He said, Allah, he never warned against anything except that he explained it. Allah, he never warned against anything except that he explained it. Right? I want you all to pay attention because I'm going to ask you a question in a few in a few moments. Okay? So I want you to pay attention. He says, Allah, He never warned against anything except that He explained it. He clearly explained it. وَمَا أَمَرَ بِشَيْءٍ إِلَّا للناس. And He never commanded and gave a command to the people. Right? Except that he made it clear to the people. He never gave them a command except that he made it clear. So he did not make shirk haram. He did not make shirk haram and then just leave it there general. General, right? Uh, which a lot of times lead to ambiguity. General and ambiguous. You understand? So my question now, my question, right? Oh, before that, let me finish this next sentence, right? It says, بَلْ بَيَّنَهُ فِي الْقُرْآنِ الْعَظِيمِ وَبَيَّنَهُ الرَّسُولِ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ فِي السُنَّةِ He said, but rather, uh, Allah... He made it extremely clear inside the Quran, inside of the, the, the tremendous Quran, as did the Prophet Sallallahu make it tremendously clear inside of the Sunnah, Bayan and Shafi'an, with a clear cut uh, explanation. And I'm neglecting the same from I'm neglecting from saying one particular word because that's your question. After we have heard this portion from the Sheikh, right? We understand, and we understand this reality. This points us to the fact that the deen of Al-Islam, the da'wah, the da'wah, the da'wah, the call of Al-Islam is a da'wah that is what? Is a da'wah that is, and I'm looking for a word in the English language, it begins with a D. Begins with a D. Is a da'wah that is what? Naam. It's clear. It is defined, and it is what? Detailed Detailed 
Right? It's a da'wah that brings forth the details. It's not a general da'wah that's open. It's not a general da'wah, but it's a da'wah that brings forth details. Details. Right? And I'm saying this to say because I want you sisters to be careful. Whenever you hear a call and that call is ambiguous and that call is general, then I want you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that that call is not Islamic. Because the Islamic call is a call that's detailed. I'll give you an example. Sheikh Saleh Abdul Aziz Ali Sheikh he mentions that the deen of Al-Islam, the da'wah Al-Islamiyah is a da'wah that is detailed. He mentions, he says, because if you call the people to monotheism, right? If you call the people to monotheism, he says, everybody is going to agree with you. No one is going to disagree with you. If you say we have to be monotheistic, we have to yani, be upon Tawheed and so on and so forth, everybody's going to agree with you. Right? Everybody's going to agree with you. He said, but you find that the Prophet ﷺ, he didn't come like this. He didn't come to the people and say to them, worship Allah, make Tawheed, and that was it. He didn't do that. Wa'amudullaha, right? That's that's a portion of it. But what's the other? Wala tushriku bihi shay'a. And do not set up rivals with him in worship. Worship Allah alone. Do not worship Asa. Do not worship Uzair. Do not worship the moon. Do not worship a rock. Do not worship the idols. Do not worship animals. Do not worship angels. And so on and so forth. You see the details? So now, because if you came to an assembly of Jews and Christians and you said, Oh, you people, we have to be monotheists, right? There's not a single Jew or Christian that's going to uh, disagree with you. They're all going to say, yeah, yeah. We have to be monotheists, yeah. If you came to them in general, you said, yeah, polytheism is bad. Right? The Jew and the Christian would say, yeah, polytheism is bad. But once you bring the details now and you define monotheism, real monotheism, it's to worship Allah and Allah alone. So we don't make dua to other than Allah. We don't seek help in times of peril with other than Allah. So on and so forth from the anwa' of ibadah. Right? Our inaba is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We get into the details. Right? Anyone who gives his dua to other than Allah, that's polytheism. Anyone who slaughters for other than Allah is polytheism. Anyone who seeks help in time of peril other than Allah is polytheism. Anyone who fears the creation like he should fear Allah is polytheism. And it goes into the details. Then, now, them Jews and Christians are not going to agree. Now it's going to be made clear. That we ain't, we're not the same. And it's going to be made clear what? That we Muslims, we are the monotheists. And them Jews and Christians, they are not monotheistic. They're not monotheistic at all. You understand? But if you leave it general like that, you will never see that clarity. You will never see that clarity. So the da'wah of Islamia is a da'wah that is clear. A da'wah that is upon clarity. And that's important. I want you to understand that. If someone come in front of you and he's speaking in general terms, they know this person not upon the way of the Anbiya and the Rusul. Because the Anbiya and the Rusul, they did not come to their people with a general 
down with like that. But they came to their people with details. And if you look at the 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 the, uh, the, Hizb, the, the Hizbiyun, when you look at the Hizbi people, you will find that their da'wah is always general. The da'wah is always general. Huh? Why? How do you think they got numbers like that? Give a general da'wah, everybody take from it what do you want to take from it, and so on and so forth. Why do they do it like that? Because they feel we don't want to rub no one the wrong way. We don't want to rub no one the wrong way. But you find the Ahlul Sunnah. Ahlul Sunnah not concerned with, 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 with the likes of these things and gathering people just for gathering people. But Ahlul Sunnah is concerned with what? With clarifying the truth. Clarifying the truth. Bringing a separation. Those who want the truth come to it. Those who don't want it go somewhere else. In a few smaller number. That doesn't hurt us. We don't care. It's about clarifying the truth. Because when you bring the truth, then it will be a, a distinction between the people. And that's why our Imam, our Imam, the Imam of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, the Imam of the Salafis, that Imam who we listen to, that Imam who uh, whatever he says we take it, that Imam who whatever he says we stay away from it. This was his way, this is how he was described. This is how he was described by who? Not by human beings, this is how he was described by who? By those angels who was watching him sleep. As it comes in that hadith, that authentic hadith. And they described him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, because that's the imam of Ahlul Sunnah wa Jama'ah, that's the imam of the Salafis, Muhammad, the messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And those angels described him as being what? Farqun bayna nas. Wafir riwaya farraqa bayna nas. That the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he is the distinction amongst the people, he is the one who separates the people. What does that mean? Separates the people by Making it clear what is the truth from the falsehood. So therefore those who are upon the truth become distinct and separated from those who are upon falsehood. That's the way of Ahlul Sunnah wa Jama'ah. So we follow our Imam Muhammad Wasallam in this. And we call the people to the truth. Radhiya man radhiya. Wa kariha man kariha. Like it who like it, hate it who hate it. We call the people to the truth. But that can only be done if you do what? If you call them to the truth, as the Prophet Sallallahu did, detailed, detailed da'wah, detailed, with clear, upon clarity, not upon ambiguity, not upon generalities, but detailed, clear. Al-Kullin. The Shaykh Ta'ala, he says, so therefore we take our deen, we know what is a shirk and what is uh, a tawheed? From where the Shaykh he says, Ida aradna. So therefore, if we want to know, ah, and na'anifa ma huwa shirk. If we want to know what is shirk, then what do we do? The Shaykh he says, Naroja' ila kitabi wa sunnah hatta na'anifa shirk wa la naroja'u ila qawlin fulan. The Shaykh he says, so if we want to know what is shirk, then we return back to the book and we return back to the sunnah until we know or so that we can know what is shirk. We go back to the kitab and we go back to the sunnah. The Shaykh he says, we don't go back to the statement of this guy or that guy. We don't go back to the statement of this individual. But rather we go back to where? To the book in the sunnah. To the book 
into the sunnah and the shaykh he says and we're going to get more into this ta'ala, and then it brings us now to the first qa'ida the first principle uh, but because we want everyone to get it and to get it well that will be our daily dot as the poet he said the uh, uh, today is knowledge and tomorrow is knowledge Today is knowledge and tomorrow is like it Now Today is knowledge and tomorrow the same thing And from the fruits of knowledge in which one he would pick is that an individual by knowledge he will be an individual by knowledge he will become one who is wise or he will attain wisdom and verily those rivers they are the result of an accumulation of drops so this is the way of knowledge we take it bit by bit dot by dot drop by drop so this is today's dot or today's drop فنكتفي بهذا القدر وصلى الله وسلم على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين وجزاكم الله خيرا وإلا اللقاء استودعكم الله والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته